the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Nice to see you, that you're on the air today with us, and you're that you're alive and, and kicking and wet. welcome to the show. You're welcome to call in anytime you want, 602-508-0960. My name's Mark Salem. I started in the Valley doing car radio in 1988. I was at one station 23 years, and I've been at KKNT for 12 and so I have a total of the the two of those together is whatever it is, 35 years. So when we talk about cars, what we talk about is what's in your best interest, not what's in the shop's best interest. There's lots of good shops out there. You can go to MarkSalem.com and read about them. They're good shops that do right things. But there's some tips I can give you that will help you wade through all of the crap you're likely to entertain when you take your car into a facility that has a 995 oil change or free tire rotation or whatever, whatever. 602-508-0960 is the phone number, 602-508-0960. When we do an oil change, our job is is to look your car over, and we're supposed to change the oil and the filter. We're supposed to uh, inspect the tire wear and inspect the tire inflation and adjust appropriately. And if there's any question, there's a door sticker on the door of the driver's door of the car, and it tells us exactly what the inflation is supposed to be for the front tires and the rear tires. We should know that already. Places like Discount Tire have no problem with that, but some shops do. We're supposed to look at your car carefully and bring to your attention anything that may- needs maintenance now or in the future. And then we're supposed to tell you and give you an estimate for that repair and give it to you in writing. And that's where you, the customer, falls down all the time is because you don't insist. And ladies, this is easy for you. And men, it's the same way. You just say, hey, I need an estimate. Tell me what it is. Just write on this. You got the repair order there in front of you on your computer. I'm sure there's a remarks section there. Just, Just say, we found the following issues wrong with your car. And then you put down front shocks are leaking, and then just put a price there, and and then put OTD out the door. Just kind of tell me. Help me out with this. You ladies, it's easy. You say, well, this is what my husband's going to want. You guys say, hey, my brother, he works on cars for a living. He's in Colorado. He always tells me to send this stuff to him. Or you can say to them, I want you to be specific. Here, here's, the, here's what's going on in our industry. First of all, we went from a 3,000-mile oil change to a 10,000-mile oil change. So we've lost two-thirds of our oil changes because your cars now come in, should come in between eight and 12,000 miles, and I'm using 10 as an average, so about 10,000 miles, where we used to bring you in at 3,000. Many of you never made 3,000. You'd come in at four or five. Some of you come in earlier. It doesn't really make any difference, but we lost a lot of work. On top of all of that, 
back in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s, everything had a 30,000-mile look. So all your fluids, your from the front of your car to the back of your car, your cooling system, your brake fluid, your transmission fluid, if you're, you have a four-wheel drive, your, your uh, transfer case and the differential, those all had like 30,000-mile services. But the oil that we use is significantly different. It's a synthetic. In 99 times out of 100, it's a synthetic today, and they go 100,000 miles. So what's going on is is oftentimes you're told that you need to service your cooling system at 30,000 miles, and your car's three years old, and I'm willing to bet you that the that's at less than one-half of the time you're, you're supposed to according to your owner's manual. Now, they're going to say, well, that owner's manual isn't written for Arizona. I love that answer. You say, you know what, here's my business card, and would you order me an Arizona manual for my car and let me know when it comes in, and give me one of your cards so that I can call you and check, because there is no such thing as an Arizona owner's manual, or in California, or in Nevada, or in Maine, or Texas, or Florida, or Wyoming, or Washington. There is no such thing. It's written for all cars. Now, there is some windows available. They may say 30 plus or minus 10. So it can go 20, it can go 40. But the, the thing of it is, is we, we know that you're not going to, we, my industry, we know you're not going to know your owner's manual. We know that it's still wrapped in cellophane in your glove box. We know you haven't looked at it. So whatever we tell you, you'll just go along with. But that's just not really what we should be doing. I'd say 75% of the shops in town that I'm aware of, that I know the owners, that we all play by the rules. So we look in your owner's manual before we say anything, or we say to you, let's say you come in and you're 80,000 miles, and maybe you're a new customer, and we know that there's some fluid stops uh, between zero and 80,000, so we're likely to say to you, have you had any fluids changed? And you may say, no. Well, we have, we have information, and we have utensils, and we have testers to help us determine whether or not your fluid should be changed. For instance coolant. We have the ability to check to see if the coolant is about 40 degrees below zero protection. If it's, if it's not and if it's 20 degrees Fahrenheit, then that's a whole lot more water than coolant. If, it's, if the, if the uh, protection is down 50 and 60 below zero, then that's a whole bunch more coolant than water. So we want a 50-50 mix, which gives you like 40 degrees below zero before your coolant in your cooling system turns to ice and when it turns to ice it breaks things because ice expands so we have broken blocks so you say mark how many broken blocks have you seen in the last 10 years and i'm going to say zero <laughs> i just but phoenix is not exactly the area you're expected to see that the guys in minnesota the guys in north dakota the guys in wisconsin and northern illinois and the new england areas they're going to see more than i do but as a matter of fact i'll tell you something that was just happened to me the other day up at the ranch in Basin, um, I turn off the exterior water system. Uh, it's in my phone, but I've done it over years. I turn it off before we start freezing because I have lots of plastic pipes and I have lots of brass valves. So I drain the whole system and I shut the system down. On my phone the other day, it said, bring your system back up because we don't have any more freezing weather from this point forward. So I go out and I fire up the seas and I, and I look over at the wishing well and there is a plume of water that's going into the air 30 feet. It blows the roof off of the fake wishing well and I'm going, well, something's wrong. <laughs> and I had neglected to shut the system down. 
So I never did shut the system down, and I had four different connections that were cracked and broken because the ice had froze, and it swelled, and it wiped out the system. It's, it's okay. It's just I've had it in my phone, but I looked at it, but I just didn't do it. So I'm well familiar with what looks, what what plastic pipe, what rubber pipe, what uh, what brass valves look like after the water inside um, turns to ice. We don't see that here in Arizona. I mean, we do maybe in the northern part of the, up on the rim country, but in Phoenix, we don't see that. So if you're in Phoenix, then you're not likely. But we have this equipment, and it also tells us the moisture content of your brake fluid. So there's a pass-fail mark. So if we test your brake fluid and it passes, there's no reason to change it. If we test your brake fluid and it fails because the moisture content is too high, then we need to change the brake fluid. The transmission fluid, <laughs> just pull the dipstick and smell it. That's all you have to do. Just pull the dipstick and smell it. We also can take the dipstick and wipe it on a white paper towel, and we know what cherry, red, good, clean transmission fluid looks like, and we also know, know when it has a heavy brown tint to it, which is very old transmission fluid. Those are the kinds of issues that we have. Those are the kinds of problems that we deal with. So as far as cooling system is concerned, that ringing in the background is my dog scratching his neck. Um, so, so when we look at your brake fluid, we can test it with equipment to tell us what the boiling point is. And it'll tell us if it's got too much moisture in it and if it's time to change it. Your transmission fluid is visual. And if you want, you say to the technician, go get some transmission fluid you'd put in. And then I want you to pull the dipstick out and wipe it on a paper towel, and then I want you to take your finger and put it in clean fluid and dab the paper towel, and I want to look at the difference. Well, I love it when they say that because I already know that the, the fluid in their transmission is brown, and the fluid that's brand new is cherry red. So I'll go get the fluid, just like you said, and I'll show you exactly what it's all about. The ones that are tough are the gears, so the transfer case and the rear differential. I'm saying that most all the time there's going to be a stop service where we drain and refill the oil inside there, somewhere in the 75, 80,000 mile range. Some people go to 100, some people do it earlier. Here's the deal. It's a very expensive piece of equipment, the transfer case and the rear end on your four-wheel drive and the front end too on your four-wheel drive. Those are expensive. Those can run three, four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000 to fix or to replace. So then the question to Mark is, is how often do you replace a transfer case uh, in, in your shop? And I say, um, probably once a year. And why do you change it? Because it's been abused. <laughs> they were stuck and they just threw, they put it in neutral, revved the motor up, threw it in drive, blew the transfer case up, blew the differential up. Most of the time when we replace transfer case and differentials, we are replacing damage that's caused by somebody who was in the driver's seat. And it's okay. I'm just saying I haven't seen one wore out in a long time. That's the message. So all of this kind of stuff, and you're a victim of people who recognize that with a 10,000-mile oil change, we got to bite at your wallet once in 10,000 miles, where we used to bite at your wallet three times in 10,000 miles, if that makes sense. So there's lots of sales, and, and the def defense is easy. Just say to them, I want you to write on the work order. I'll just go over and sit in the lobby for another minute or so. You just bring me out a new copy, and I want you to write on there what it is I need and why. And oftentimes, you won't get that because they don't want to write down anything like that at all. Those of us that play by the rules, we write that stuff down. Here is a picture 
of your transmission fluid, we pull the dipstick out, we touch it to a white towel or a white piece of paper. That's that's the fluid that's in there. Then we take a brand new can, we stick our finger in the can, we touch it right next to it and go, that's the new fluid we'd put in it. Pretty simple. Now, obviously, you have to trust us that we're showing you your fluid and new fluid. But then again, you got to trust somebody sometime. So just be careful. Just be careful. And, and here's the defense, too, is ask them, you know, and you ladies, my husband and his dad, are, they're car gurus, and, and they're going to want this in writing. So please, just just write it down. I'll wait. I'll just go back into the lobby. What? How long will it take you? Five minutes? Just gather up the, the people necessary and tell me everything in writing so I can hand it to my customer, my, my husband. Or here's my email address. Give me a written explanation on what it is I need and just add a, a close price to it. I'm not going to hold you to the price. I understand there's 10% tax and all that other kind of stuff there. But just that's what I need. I need an explanation. Trust me. If the explanation kit doesn't make sense, then that you won't get one. Anyway, 602-508-0960 is the phone number, 602-508-0960. My name is Mark Salem. Gil will answer the phone. He's a good guy. He'll say, Mark, your next caller is this, and that's how we handle it, 602-508-0960. Dennis Prager says life is the best drug. The pursuit of the adrenaline rush, or whatever the chemical description would be, is a very big one today. I guess one way of putting my message here would be that one should try to get high on life, which I think is very possible. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 11 on Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. With so many cracks showing up in the banking system and over $31 trillion of U.S. debt, is the full faith and credit of the government warranted? Just print more, you say? Argentina, Venezuela, and Zimbabwe all did that, and we know what happened. Defaults happen, but gold has never defaulted. Veteran-owned Midas Gold Group will reinforce your portfolio. Call 480-360-3000. Midas Gold Group, your vault of confidence. Hey, folks, a cigar event with me for 960 The Patriot and AmFed Coin and Bullion. Food, drinks, cigars at a beautiful estate at the foot of Camelback Mountain. April 27th, cocktail reception at 6.30 p.m., followed by the main event at 7 p.m. Seth Leibson will interview me on a whole range of subjects from politics to culture. There is a very limited VIP meet and greet, but the whole event is limited. Go to 960thepatriot.com for tickets and details. I'll see you then. I'm a veteran. My victory was admitting I had PTSD and getting help. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. I no longer see it as a weakness, but as a sign of strength. I call it post-traumatic growth. DAV provides a lifetime of support, helping veterans of every generation get the benefits they've earned. I am a veteran. I lost both legs in Vietnam. Every year, DAV helps more than a million veterans so they can reach victories great and small. My victory was getting my benefits and a good education. I'm a veteran. When I got out, I felt like Nora was safe. My victory was finding the help I needed. But there's more to be done and more victories to be won. Thanks to DAV, now I feel like I'm human again. Help support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. This is the story of a very special woman. 
In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I had an important job, and it wasn't just a job. It was keeping my brothers and sisters safe. And coming back, it felt like kind of thrown away. If it hadn't been for Wounded Warrior Project, I honestly don't know if I would be here. It was like, I got my family back again. We all felt the connection, like that brother and sisterhood. See how Wounded Warrior Project empowers women veterans like Donna by visiting woundedwarriorproject.org slash empowerwomenvets. Welcome back, everybody. 20 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. If you're interested in calling the show and you have a car question or you and your husband argue about something or maybe you were told something here recently and you want to run it by me, you're welcome to do that. 602 508 0960. This is a live radio show, so it's not taped. And uh, you'll call and we'll talk on the air. All I need is your first name. And uh, Gil answers the phone. And he says, do you want to talk to Mark? And you say yes. And he says, what's your first name? And then he whispers in my ear, Dave is your next caller. 602-508-0960. There's a couple of shops in town that I'm going to tell you about. And it's because I want to. It's not because I have to. Action Auto's been up at I-17 in Deer Valley for a very long time, since 1983. Tom and I have been friends for longer than that. Tom is a good guy, and he knows right from wrong. He has ASE-certified master technicians. Um, They want to help you as vehicle owners understand what they're doing and why, so there's lots and lots of, can you step out of the lobby and come with me? I want to show you your leaking shock absorber. I want to show you the other three are okay, but we do them in pairs. That kind of discussion happens. So if you're anywhere near I-17 in Deer Valley, then Action Auto Repair is a good place. Down in the southern part, I'll get to the first phone call in just a second. In the southern part of town at 40th Street in Washington is the best transmission shop I know, Automatic Transmission Exchange. When you have Barney Rubble and Fred Flintstone running an operation when when the first automatic transmissions came out, these guys have the fundamentals down. We shift transmission with fluid pressure, with engine vacuum, with speed, with load. They know all of that. So the best transmission shop in town, as far as I'm concerned, is Automatic Transmission Exchange. Been around since 1968. Phil's a good guy, and he's at 40th Street in Washington. So if you have a problem, learn how to duplicate the problem, and then call and make an appointment and just say, I'd like to take someone for a ride. I can make this happen every time, and all I want to do is find out what it is. Phil said the other day when I was talking to him, he says, spark plug malfunctions are probably 25% of the transmission-related 
uh, blames. He says, people think the transmission is acting up when the engine is acting up. And I said, well, how long does it take you to figure that out? And he goes, I can do it, and most of us can do it in the first two or three miles of the test drive. The customer will make an appointment, bring the car. We get in. We want to do on the passenger seat. You show us what it's doing, and then I want to drive it. And he says, this is an engine miss. It's not a transmission. That's a good thing. It's an engine miss. So it's got a plug, plug wire, vacuum leak, EGR valve stuck open, injector that's not functioning, whatever. But it's not going to be as expensive as a transmission. Who's on the phone? Say good morning to Bill. Bill, good morning. How can I help you? Good morning, Mark. I enjoy your program. I've been listening for several years. Thank you. Enjoy Thank it, you. but I don't work on a vehicle anymore. Okay. Anyway, uh, I've got a story for you if you're interested. Okay. You were talking about oil and thicknesses and changing oils and so on. I lived in Alaska for 40-some years, and up there the oil gets pretty thin, and I'd travel back and forth sometimes to the lower 48 in the later years as I got older and wanted to get out of there in the wintertime. And uh, I had a 96 Ford F-250-7.3 and uh, bought it new so I had it for many many years and I'd travel with this and and run it in cold weather and so on I always had a heating pad on it you know what the block the, uh-huh. the heater on the oil pan uh-huh. so if I if I had a way to uh, <clears throat> plug in I could always keep my engine warm and the oil warm because i think that's really important for uh, especially diesel owners uh when you start that engine you don't want to you want to don't want to crank and crank and crank i don't think because you want that oil to get into those cylinders as fast as you can you know and, and circulate but anyway okay. when i traveled i never had access to plugging my vehicle in most of the time so I carried I carried a bag of of uh, charcoal briquettes along with me, and a three pound coffee can with holes in the side of it, and some starter fluid. And when I was out remote someplace in the winter time, and needed to get that engine started, I'd start those briquettes and let the fire dry die down to where they glowed, and stuck it under that oil pan, and in five minutes that that. <laughs> truck cranked over so fast <laughs> yeah yeah you're I, I i am familiar with the time frame you're talking about i'm familiar with all the tricks and the trades and and the things you did in an effort to get it to start and run and not blow black smoke forever i'm, right. I'm familiar with all that Here's and i think the, you take you as a diesel owner you have to take care of that engine that way too well i know but but then was then and today is now and, and let me explain. Today we're putting zero twenty in diesels. Really? It, it flows. Wow. <laughs> now listen. This is this is. It flows like a zero weight when it's cold, and it flows like a twenty weight when it's hot. Now there's lots of guys like you and me that are listening to this show. And we wanted the 1030, the 1040, the 2050. We wanted something to flow like a 50 or 60 or 70 weight when the motor was warmed up. And we wanted it to flow like a zero weight, a 10 weight, or a 20 weight when the motor's cold. Sure. Both of those are wrong today. 
So it's it's a completely different animal altogether. It is true that a zero twenty flows like a zero weight when it's cold. That's good. But it provides all the protection. If you put your hands together like you're praying and then, you know, fan them, rub the palms of your hand together, that's the motor, okay? The motor's uh-huh. running. My hands are rubbing one another, and I'm pushing on my hands as hard as I can. Now, let me ask you something. Do you want peanut butter to go in there and provide lubrication, or do you want water to go in there and provide lubrication? And I'm talking about the viscosity or the thickness of the lubricant. Yeah, you want the lightest stuff you can get, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. We want a zero weight. That zero yep. weight flows like water, and it gets there fast, and it provides good protection. Now, the 20 weight yep. flows like a 20 weight when it's hot. Again, we're still lubricating everything, and we're doing a really good job at it. We're just not building up all that sludge. We're just not building up all the sludge. So today's, and then in the old days, we did big trucks, what when you ran your big truck, whether you had a Freightliner or a Cummins or whatever tra- whatever big truck you had, what was your oil change interval? Oh, I didn't run any big trucks. Okay, I what did you what you your, what did you do your seven three? What what oil change interval did you use? Oh, probably five thousand. Okay, now um, today we can run that thing at fifteen thousand miles with no problem whatsoever. And let me tell you, I I, I own a seven three. Um, I own a, a 2001 Excursion with a 7.3. We just took the motor out. We just went through the motor. It has 180,000 miles on it. I bought the truck that was harmed, and I'm fixing it up for myself because that 7.3 is a monster motor, as you well know. Yes, that 7.3 is going to haul my horse trailers, and it's going to haul my tractors, and it's going to haul everything I want with no problem at all. But for a few that hundred seven, thousand miles. Yeah, well, it, it's, I, I've done some work to it, but I haven't rebuilt the whole motor. I just had some oil leaks I had to deal with. So, and then I'm hoping it's not going to be blow by, but we did do some leak down tests before we decided not to rebuild it and we didn't find any substantial leaks. So, I'm I'm hoping, but it's it's just one of those things. Today is today. The thinner the oil, the better the cold start, and then 20 and a 30 on the top end, and if you need to go to a 40 like a 1040 or a 2050, that's fine. That's okay, but th- this new synthetics are are much better than the 1040s and 1030s and 2050s. And the new synthetics is 020, a 1040, a 1050. There's just all kinds. But if it's a synthetic oil, it's three times the length of oil changes on top of a variety of other advantageous things. We'll be back. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. As a local business owner, you get called every week by marketing companies. We get it. We have hundreds of satisfied customers. Here's what a satisfied client recently said. Open enrollment is going great. We're hitting record numbers. Thank you so much for this report. It really is amazing to see how the marketing is really shaping our enrollment around the city. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround Phoenix right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround Phoenix today. The moment my son saw a redwood tree. It's huge! Is the moment I knew that for him. You can't even see the top of that thing! 
even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go, like hiking, biking, fishing, or camping. Or do your own thing when you get there with family and friends. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to... uh, play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Hey, is that a faucet running? Nope, that's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. It is? Yeah. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. The water comes straight from the forest to us. In fact... What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. How do trees clean the air? They soak up the dirty air on their leaves, branches, and trunks, which means clean air for us. Hmm, cool. I didn't know that. Yep, but the forest does more than give us clean air and water. It gives us shade for hot days, birds to listen to, and trees to climb. Wow, that's awesome. I didn't know how cool the forest could be. Hey, let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, Go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. For help with food, health care, and other resources, call or visit 211.org. 211, how can I help you? 211, get connected, get help. A message from United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. Bill, you just hold still for just a second. got to just do a little bit of of work here. Uh, Autodynamics in Sun City is, in my opinion, the largest and most trusted source for automotive services. It's family-owned and operated since 1982. I've known Chuck Nide since 1968. Chuck knows the difference between right and wrong. Chuck knows the difference when he's faced with a technician who's telling him a story that he knows isn't true. So if you're in the Sun City area, the only place I can recommend is automatic or uh, Automotive Dynamics and been around since 1982. They're on the north side of Grand, just west of 99th Avenue. Hey, Bill, one other thing, and I know you had something else, but let me tell you mine first. In the old days, the oil at, at minus 10 degrees would turn to, to, to a butter. It would turn to a solid. And oh, at sure. about 200 to 220 degrees, the oil would turn to a tar. 
And so the oxidation point is when it turns to a tar, otherwise it's ruined. And and the pour point when it pours out of the can is the low side. So it would it would pour out of the can at minus ten but not at minus twelve. Today with the synthetics, we go from minus ten to a minus fifty. Minus wow. ten to a minus fifty. And then and, and this is the stupid number and you're gonna get a kick out of this. Two fifty was conventional oil. 250 it turned to a tar synthetic oil turns to a tar at 500 but your motor is long gone before 500 degrees <laughs> and so so it's and and one other thing i know personally that nascar is using a zero weight synthetic on their cars and the rpms the speed the heat the load all that stuff for 500 miles is a very severe test of oil. So synthetics are just for what today's cars need. But anyway, you had another comment, and I'm all ears. Yeah, I wanted to uh, ask you about the viscosity of uh, the diesel fuel. Now, in Arizona, you don't have to worry too much about, you know, I, and I don't know how that's changed over the years, but you used to have number one and number two. And I know that uh, in Alaska with 50 below, um, the viscosity, uh, the gelling point at uh, some of the fuels up there, made specifically in the uh, for the for all the Alaska environment, mm-hmm. was like uh, fifty or sixty below for the gel point. And I know that uh, number two would gel at about twenty above. So you're absolutely right. We don't really have those options available in diesel fuel today. We do know that they'll gel, but most of the time it's going to be well below a minus 30 and minus 40 because really and truly there's not too many people in the United States that are going to experience those temperatures on a regular basis. And and you've cited a couple of states that certainly would, Alaska would certainly be one of them in the, the northern plateau. But in reality, the, the, the poor point of the gasoline and, and of the fuel is one thing. And, and and its ability to catch fire is is one thing, but when we're talking about oil, when you have a zero weight, it, if you exceed the low side or if you exceed the high side, the motor's toast. But it's going to protect you well past the the old old averages from before. So the, yes, I understand your gel point on your fuel, but we just went from motor oil to fuel, and 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 today's fuel. I mean, really and truly, my Dodge truck and my Fords, all my diesels, um, they're really clean exhaust. And with computers, we can warm that car, that motor up really fast by just leaning it out and having it develop its own heat. We can bring the RPMs up. We can, And the transmission can assign different loads to it. And this is stuff that's been happening for 10 and 15 years. So with computers, um, we're, do, we're fixing a lot of the problems. But you remember, too, passenger cars... At 75, 80, 85,000 miles, we did valve jobs. Today, the average passenger car, if it's not overheated and it's not run low on oil, the average passenger car has a 300,000-mile life. So we've made tremendous. And the truck I drive, my my 2012 Dodge has got 166,000 miles on it. And I pull horse trailers and tractors with that that thing, and it hasn't even started leaking oil. Let me knock on wood. Okay, I, I had I had two hundred and fifty thousand miles on my ninety six F seven three when I sold it, and yeah, uh, yeah. I just didn't have any. And you use know what for that tells it, me? It's in excellent excellent shape. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, well, that that tells me you never overheated it. You ran it, never ran it low on oil, and you probably right. changed change the fluids on a regular basis because those are the three things that cause engines to fail. You overheat the heck out of it because you think I'm only 10 miles from home and the needle's in the red and it'll be okay. You ran it low on oil well past the clatter point where clatter turned to a rod knock or a main knock and you ruined the motor. And you didn't change your oil on a regular basis. Today, it's just different. Accidentally, you're going to get 200,000 miles. Okay? I wonder how many diesel owners actually know that they don't have spark plugs in their vehicles and um, you know you ignites by compression <laughs> you, you need to call dr phil on that one because i can't help you with that one thank you bill thank you for the conversation and thank you for letting me to relive some of those old old uh things that were good back then but things don't apply today that's kind of we've crossed over the uh, the, the bridge there 602-508-0960 we have five lines open if you have a comment or a question or if you want to have a, a short discussion about a problem that you have or somebody told you you needed this and mark what's the symptoms of this i can answer all that kind of stuff i'm an ASE master certified technician and i have been for uh, i think 40 years I've owned shops. I started in gas station in 1968, and I've owned my own shop since 1979. This isn't about my shop. It's in the valley. It's about your cars. And this is me giving back for all the blessings I've had from the Lord. 602-508-0960. Give back to Arizona and be part of something bigger than yourself. When you sign up for AmeriCorps, you open a door to make a difference. Serve as a teacher, protect nature, support veterans, or help where your passion lies, part-time or full-time, student or senior. AmeriCorps is for everyone. Sign up at serve.az.gov. That's serve.az.gov. This message is sponsored by the Arizona Governor's Office of Youth, Faith, and Family. This is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. This Sunday on Middle East Radio Forum, attorney William Wolf will interview Yoni Tidi, an entire hour of discussion examining the issues that have divided Israel into polarized political camps and what that internal conflict portends. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier-hound, chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. 
I started my adventure as an aerospace medical technician. Flight medic in the Air Force Reserve. Satellite system operator. As a space systems operator. And I'm a pilot for the Air Force Thunderbirds demonstration. We deliver the world's timeliest environmental intelligence data. Flying to Afghanistan, bringing wounded warriors back to Germany. We take care of injured personnel on a daily basis. And then flying them from Germany back to the States. As a member of the Thunderbirds, I get to be a part of a team that passes on the message of the United States Air Force Reserve to the U.S. and the world. It's a very exciting career. One of the greatest things about the Air Force Reserve is all the different opportunities. The training in the Air Force Reserve is second to none. It gave me the opportunity to go to college. The Air Force Reserve actually paid for my education, which allowed me to commission. It was definitely a bonus. Probably the most exciting thing I've done is support humanitarian relief operations in places like Haiti. The Reserve gave me the opportunity to learn something totally different from what I did. Being able to travel. I enjoy the getaways that I get, and I enjoy the camaraderie and fellowship I share with all my unit mates. We're really close-knit. We're unique. And the Air Force Reserve gave me all those opportunities, and then even more. Start your adventure in the Air Force Reserve. In your car, at home, on the job. AM Radio has more than 8 million listeners each month. For more than a century, AM Radio has evolved to meet the needs of our community. Visit wearebroadcasters.com and tell us how you depend on AM. 43 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. We're kind of reminiscing about the old days and the old oils and the old spark plugs and all of that kind of stuff. And there has been a significant change in your car's ability to last. Um, I remember in 1968 when I first started working at Ken's Broadway Shell in Tempe, Arizona, that we had two, two levels of gas. We had regular and supreme. That's it. Then all of a sudden we got this unleaded stuff. And now all of a sudden we have three pumps. And then all of a sudden we have a different nozzle because one nozzle has a bigger nozzle than the other nozzle that has a smaller nozzle. And that's because people are putting the cheap gas in their catalytic converter cars and the cheap gas going through a catalytic converter car wipes out the catalytic converter and some of the exhaust system. And so I remember all the way back then, I remember when we came out with synthetic oils. I remember when we came out. And, and, and here's, here's something important. Regular gasoline... This is how the flame front goes. This is what the explosion looks like in Mark Salem's terms. Regular gasoline blows up like a balloon. Boom. That's it. One molecule ignites 10,000 and 10,000 ignite 100 million. Boom. So it's like popping a balloon. Boom. Now, unleaded, any kind of super gasoline, premium gasoline... Uh, expensive gasoline. Um, one, it, it's it's how long the flash is. So in in the old days, regular just popped like a balloon. Now with some of the newer gasolines we have, one molecule ignites two, two ignites four, four ignites six. So what we call the burn is longer. So instead of just popping the balloon, it's kind of like the balloon going like that. So that's the difference between regular gasoline and super gasoline is how long the burn lasts. And and keep in mind, we're measuring the burn, the explosion, in milliseconds of time. (laughs) So, you know, regular may pop at one millisecond or two milliseconds and it may then that's the explosion, that's the push on the piston, that's the power. But on on high performance gasoline, super gasoline with a higher octane on it, then we go from two to four milliseconds. We go up to six or eight milliseconds. Now, frankly, with computers on your cars, the computer will handle that. 
with no problem, both using it or not using the premium gasoline. But I, I, I've done this so many times, it's, I don't do it anymore because it's stupid. But we would take a car and someone would challenge us that they could tell the difference between regular and super. And so we would set up a test to where we'd have three cars and you go drive it and tell us which car, which, what gasoline each car has. Nobody ever made that test. <laughs> we did it three or four times. Nobody, I mean, the best you're going to do is two out of three. That's the best you're going to do. So um, I remember one guy, and he actually he guessed you have premium in all three, and 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 obviously that didn't work for us. We we needed like one regular, one mid grade, and one premium. And the regular and the mid grade were kind of close together, so a lot of people would get one or the other. But when it get up to the top end, very few people could tell us that, that we have the high octane, the very expensive race gasoline, so to speak, back then in your car. So that's really what it was all about, is just how long the explosion was in a milliseconds of time. And so uh, uh, oil, oil has in, increased and, and made a big difference. We've got, um, we've got oil that's on most of your cars. You're, they're calling for 10 to 15,000-mile oil change intervals. And in most cases, I think you'll agree, that's a year's worth of time for many of you. 15,000 miles. Many of you don't drive 15,000 miles a year. So, so ask yourself. When should I change my oil if I'm only going to do it once a year? The answer is is right before the summer. That's it. Right before the summer. You live up north, right before the winter. That's it. Now, keep in mind that we're going to put your oil in your car that, that satisfies the requirements of the engine. And we're also going to give you the best fuel economy. We can't have peanut butter in your car because peanut butter is real thick and it will suck the life out of your, or your, your, your engine and suck the power out of your engine. It's kind of like stirring peanut butter, cold peanut butter, versus stirring water. That's what the oil pump feels like. That's what the water pump feels like. All that kind of stuff. So it's just I'm creating visuals for you so that you can understand the differences between the two. But today's cars are just really modern miracles. Um, I jokingly tell people that if your intention is is to lock yourself in your garage and leave your car running so that you can go on to the next life, you might as well pack your lunch <laughs> because you're going to be there a very, very long time because today's cars, is it's going to take Hours and hours and hours and maybe even a half a day to take your life in a garage. Where in the old days you were in there 15 or 20 minutes and you were got your wings and you were on your way to heaven. <laughs> so the tailpipe emissions are just, and I, I give you those two diametrically different thoughts and I'm drawing the pictures for you. They're slightly exaggerated, but they're really not. So in the old days, um, when we worked on cars, it was not uncommon for us to have a car in a gas station bay that maybe the gas station had three bays, and somebody was working on an old car, and everybody would just walk outside and just breathe. Our eyes were burned, could hardly breathe, but that car was just polluting the air, and his job was to make it stop doing that. Today's cars, that doesn't happen anymore. The worst case that happened is, is that the engine itself is consuming more fuel than it should because of the fuel pressure regulators leaking raw gas into an area it's not supposed to. So we have an additional source of fuel, so we're overfueling the engine, and that goes through the catalytic converter, and it comes out the tailpipes as rotten egg smell, sulfur. Everybody that works on cars knows what sulfur smells like, and everybody knows you got to go find the separate source of fuel that the engine is, is, is got that it didn't have before. 
So there's a variety of places there where we can feed the engine's fuel from two sources when really we only need one. So those are the kinds of things that we've had in, in our industry. But today's cars are, are really quite amazing. Um, they control the timing by themselves, and, and they look at your foot. They look at your RPM. They look at your speed. If you're throttling up a hill, you're deep into the throttle. It knows that you're climbing a hill because the manifold vacuum sensor is telling it and the mass airflow sensor is saying, I'm, he's running a lot of air through this motor right now. His foot's at 78%. And then the computer looks at the speedometer, and the speedometer is going 70, 69, 68, 67. So the computer goes, okay, well, even though he's 79% on the throttle, he's not making progress. Oh, look there. He just went to 100%. He just put it to the floor. Oh, now we're going to see 79, 80, 81 miles an hour. So the computer is monitoring everything that's going on in the car, and it knows how to adjust everything. So it adjusts fuel flow, timing, air to the cylinders, the amount of fuel. For instance, when you're idling your car, your fuel-injected car, this is what the injector sounds like. It's just a very small, fast spray of gasoline. Wide open throttle, your foot's on the floor. In, in, the, in the form of an example only, your injector turns into a fire hose. <laughs> That's all there is to it. The computer just opens up the injector, and all the fuel flows into the engine. And I'm, being, I'm not being exactly correct, but I'm trying to draw wide examples for you so that you can understand. The computer's monitoring every aspect of the car, and it's monitoring it sometimes 15 to 30 to 40 times a second. A second. So the computer's job is to see what the foot's doing. It already knows if you're climbing a hill based on the mass airflow sensor, that map sensor, and the engine vacuum. So it's looking at all these different sensors. It knows how fast you're on. It knows what gear you're in. So you're going up this hill, and your speed's declining. The computer's monitoring that. It sees you give it a little bit more gas the speed is still declining so the computer says downshift one gear so you go from fifth to fourth and all of a sudden you start seeing a, a rise in speed and the computer goes okay that's what I wanted just I wanted to downshift so the computer does that for you and and the computers today monitor so much uh, about the car and the engine and the emissions that again you, if you lock yourself in your garage and you think you want to go to heaven, you're probably not going to make it because the tailpipe emissions on cars today are so clean that you're likely to die of starvation before you die of carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> and again, I'm just I'm using the extremes, okay? What kind of gas do you buy? Well, I'll tell you what I, I mean, my whole family, we buy the cheapest gas we can find. Every single person in my family has a Gas Buddy app on their phone. And then we also have the Upside app, which gives you discounts. It's like the other day, Renee says, hey, I need to fuel my, my, my uh, Jeep. I'm going to take it over to the Circle K. There's an $0.08 cents discount on unleaded. So she gets an $0.08 cent discount off of the pump price. So we do that a lot as a family. But we're constantly monitoring fuel prices on our phones to make sure that we can buy. Sometimes I'll buy Chandler diesel, 50 cents cheaper than Payson, but today Payson's 48 cents cheaper than Chandler. So we're I'm up and down the mountain a lot as I move horses around and, and, and do business, and, and as a result of that, then I'm looking for fuels. So we, we shop the cheapest prices we can, 
because really and truly there's only four companies that make a gasoline, Mobile, Shell, Phillips 66, and Chevron. Everybody else's gas is the same. They're all made to the same standards. Everybody's gasoline is the same. You cannot feel the difference between Mobile and Shell, Mobile and Phillips 66, Chevron and Phillips 66, Chevron and Shell. You can't do that. It takes sophisticated computers, and sometimes they can't because the mixing of your fuel is so sophisticated. So it's, uh, you know, just shop price. No matter if you're doing diesel, no matter if you're doing gasoline, I don't care if you have a twin-turbo Corvette. I don't care if you have a blower on your old-style Camaro. If you're going to burn premium, just buy the cheapest premium you can find. It's not going to make any difference. You're not going to get a benefit by buying Shell over Phillips 66 or Chevron over Mobile. You're not going to do that. It's the same gasoline. It's all made to the minimum standards. It's the same gasoline. Now, there is a slight difference in detergent with respect to those four gasolines. Some of them will have slightly more detergent than the other. Detergent is not scrubbing bubbles. (laughs) Detergent (laughs) is not anything that's going to keep anything clean. Detergent is is our way of trying to keep the injector as clean as possible. And the injector opening and closing is about the, the circumference of a human hair or a little bit more than a human hair, maybe two human hairs. So we have this little bitty nozzle, and then we have this little pentanyl that closes the nozzle, and the electronic injector is opened and closed, and in the blink of an eye. And so we squirt fuel into the cylinder, and it's in a vapor form, slightly it's slightly below vapor so it's a mist in a very fine mist and so we spray it in the spark plug fires and one molecule ignites two and two ignite four and four ignite six and it's a slow burn across the top of the piston which gives you the most power that's the difference between regular and super here's the difference again regular there's an explosion in the piston and it's hit one time it's just like that's the explosion with super unleaded in an exaggerated way one molecule ignites 10 10 ignites 20 20 ignite 100 it's a slower burning fuel so the push is longer again in milliseconds of time in milliseconds of time so there's a lot of people that will suggest to you that they can tell the difference between unleaded and super and I'll give them a Buick Riviera or I'll give them a a Toyota or a Honda, and they've got a 50-50 chance, but they can't do that 10 times in a row. And it's hard to do. It's very difficult to do. I don't know anybody I know, and I can't tell you which gas is which or whether it's unleaded or super unless we go into some hot rod car. And, yes, it's easier to determine that if you're talking about some Corvette with twin turbos that's got 650 horses, 700 horses underneath the hood. He'll be able to tell regular <laughs> from super. So will the high-performance BMWs and the high-performance Audis and the high-performance Porsches. You'll be able to tell between regular and premium, but not anybody else. So 602 is the no- 602-508-0960 is the phone number. If you'd like to join us, you certainly can. 602-508-0960. My name is Mark Salem. We're here every Saturday from 10 till noon talking about cars, and you're an important part of the show. So if you have any questions or if there's a problem with uh, you and your husband and he believes that you should do this and you don't want to do that or maybe your dad told you not to do this, all that kind of stuff, I'm, I'm a pretty good Judge Judy on those kinds of things. Tell me what both sides say and I'll tell you what 
who's closer to the truth? <laughs> and we'll, we'll just go from there. 602-508-0960. If you have an email question, you can use mark at marksalem.com. Mark with a K at marksalem. Salem like the cigarette, S-A-L-E-M. Dot com. Mark at MarkSalem.com is my email address, and I'd be happy to answer your car question. If you're going to send me an email and ask me a question, give me your phone number. I'd like to call you back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.